0: Now on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Let's talk to Vincent, who lives in Ohio. Vincent, hey Steve, thanks for taking my call. I've got a couple questions for you. I've
0: got I've been following a stock called Crown Castle, uh, stock ticker symbol
1: CCI, and American Tower symbol AMT,
0: and provides unbiased answers.
1: Are they a good buy at this point? No, I think they can get
0: cheaper. Invest talk, over 28 million downloads and counting.
2: Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Adam from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, calling to ask about QS, QuantumScape Corporation.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART.
3: This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Steve Peasley. You're listening to Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 29, 2021. And I appreciate being with me. And, you know, you know our mission statement is the same never change an independent thinking, shared success. And we try, we, we try to make sure we give you solid information here on this show. When you call in and ask your questions about the market, about stocks, about anything financial, we want to be as completely honest with you as possible, give you the facts and let you deal with them. So that's, that's part of our mission statement. We, we don't buy information from people. Well, I, I take that back. We actually buy data, but we don't buy their opinions. And we just don't do it. We have our own, and we try to keep, keep it, to give it to you as unbiasedly as possible. Now, of course, we could have biases. You know, everybody has a bias, several biases of some kind, but I try to keep them out, and so does Justin. We try to be factual. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact me, contact us at KPP Financial. You can call right now. We're live, 888-99-CHART. And you can ask any financial question, investment questions you like. We do this every day, same time, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Anyway, you can also, you know, we, the show is broadcast on radio show, it's podcast, and it's live streaming. So we try to get it to you in many different formats as you can, and it's 4 to 5 Pacific time live streaming. So, let's not talk about it. The number is 888-99-CHART. Why don't we go ahead and take a call? Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Noah
2: in Orlando. had a question about the EV trend, hopping on that bandwagon, about a company BWA. Looking at its fundamentals right now, it's looking pretty attractive to me. Just wanted to get your guys' take on it. Thanks.
1: Appreciate it. Bye. Okay, BWA, BWA, I'm typing into all my software here. As you know, there's got lots of it, B. Okay. Uh, okay. It's Borg Warner Inc. It is a ten billion dollar company. It manufactures engine and drivetrain components for light vehicle original equipment manufacturers. So it's not a strictly an EV company, electric electric vehicle EV electric vehicle company, because it does it for internal combustion engine and had it for many 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 years. It's been around a long time. So it's not a pure play and the. Uh, But it is a play. It's a play on automobiles, whether they're electric or internal combustion engine. They're going to make $2.43 this year. That was about, it was down from $4.14 in 2019. So when I say this year, it'd be 2020 earnings I'm talking about. 2021, the year we're actually in, is $3.87 a share. So it's going to go up about 50% or so, which is great. Um, so, it's a $41.99 stock, that made $3.87, so that tells you that the P.E. is around 11. Don't get excited, because the five-year P.E. range is 4 to 17. It's never been very high, because the growth rate's very low. I mean, the last two years, growth has really kind of shrunk. Uh, and this most recent quarter reported, September, we haven't got the final quarter recorded for 2020. It did grow 2%. So it's, it's an inexpensive stock, but I wouldn't be too excited about that. And I don't know, return equity is very good at 19%. I don't know if I would call this an EV play or very much of an EV play, but, uh, cause there's others that are much more, uh, much more, uh, strictly to EV, but also you would have a hard time finding this kind of value in a strictly EV play because they're usually overvalued. Thanks for the call. BWA is the symbol, everybody. I know you want strategies to help deliver, you know, good, solid returns. And you also want some information on how to deal with volatility. And we certainly are seeing a ton of volatility this week. I mean, huge down volatility, actually, this week. And I don't find that surprising because, you know, what's going on? There's a lot of things going on. You have a new, reg- a new presidential, uh, regime coming on board. So we're looking at what he's doing. We have the vaccine being, being spread as fast as possible. Uh, and of course you had some really exciting, uh, trading going on with the short sellers and everything. So there's a lot of things going on and it's not, it's all, if it's one, it's not one thing, it's another. So it's, I don't think we should be too surprised but we also have earnings season. Earnings season is doing very well. I don't know if you've been tracking it, but the numbers are coming in, generally speaking, much better than even the high expectations of the, of the experts. The experts always guide lower before the actual earnings come out because they want to beat consistently their earnings. They estimate it. that's typical. That's how they play the game, but the numbers are coming in better than they expected. So. Love to talk to you. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have already finished the first trading month of 2021. So, yes, things are moving along pretty fast as they always do. So, keep in mind that through the continuing uncertainty, the task of building our financial freedom is always something that must continue. So, you can't afford to give, you know, look, you can't afford to turn your face away from building your portfolio. Your goal of financial freedom will require information, and effective strategies. Maybe we can help you with that. And of course, your participation in the show is paramount. So give me a call, we're live, 888-99-CHART.
0: The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest talk, 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. My focus point today, concerns the story and that everybody was talking Everybody's everybody talking about, reading about, and, and that's the short selling, the frenzy, short selling, short sell frenzy and I think you need to understand the basics before thinking about doing things short-selling. It's, it's not something for everybody, and it's not something for the average investor, in my opinion. But we're going to talk about that a little bit. Since it's Friday, I will share highlights of my newest KPP, KPP Premium Newsletter. So We do that every Friday. And other topics I want to talk about. I want to talk about the electric vehicles and the coming of age of electric vehicles. I, I think, and and, uh, and I think it's a good thing. But I also want to talk about, you know, there's been a lot about, well, we need electric vehicles because we're just destroying the environment and polluting the air. I, I, I'm not disagreeing that we're not polluting the air. We are. But I want to give some sense of, uh, I don't know, perspective about that. So I'm going to give you some... CO2 emissions in 1975 from cars and what they are now, trucks and vans, SUVs and that kind of thing. Also, um, there were some economic statistics I'm going to discuss, income and spending and, you know, core inflation numbers and, and new home construction. And, you know, the S&P 500, Chiller uh, prices uh, demonstrated the house prices are still going way up. It's, it's amazing that real estate is is done as well as it did in this COVID era. But those are some of the things we can talk about. Okay? And, if, of course, time permitting, the market itself was down today. Down 621 points on the Dow, 266 points on the NASDAQ, and 73 points on the S&P 500. So down pretty significantly. Pretty significantly. So that's what's going on. Now if you enjoy the Invest Talk podcast, that's great. We thank you for it. And I thank you for the support. I hope you will tell your friends and families and yeah, it's all free. of course you know you can get it at iTunes, Spotify and Google Play. And, and of course you know we encourage your questions anytime. We want you to call with questions and the number is always the same 88899 chart. So let's go to another call a question came in earlier. Hey,
2: Steven, Justin, this is Adam from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, calling to ask about QS, QuantumScape Corporation, seeing if now is the right time to buy. Thanks so much for everything you do, and uh, hope to hear from you soon.
1: Okay, QuantumScape. This is one I'm watching very carefully for myself. It's a very high-risk play, but I like the, uh, the technology. It's a very new company. I don't really suggest it for anybody because it's super, super high risk. You're either going to lose all your money or you'll make a fortune. You just don't know. Uh, Quantumscape. Um, and you can't really base anything on fundamentals because they have none. They don't even have a product. They don't have no sales. They're not going to have any sales or a product for a couple of years. And that's if the test battery they tried can be built into a bigger form to be and then to be um manufactured in numbers, you you know, there's a lot of headwind for them, okay? Now, they IPO'd right, you know, around 10, 12 share. I don't remember exactly what it was. Went up to about $130 a share, and they've been coming off that number ever since, and now they're at $43.75, down almost 4% today. Um, I think it's still too early. I'm not buying, uh, you know, when I, I, I plan on buying this for my personal account because I think it's too risky for my clients um, and um, so this is gonna be bought because I just want to play this technology um, and I think it's way way too risky for everybody way too risky but just so long as you know you don't mind losing all your money that's how it's got to be played in your head I'm gonna you're gonna lose all your money and you got to wait for years. So, if it works. No, I think it's too early. I think it still will come down a little bit more. But it does look like it's starting to slow its descent coming off the high. Starting to slow. But I still think we have to wait. I would I would love to see a correction in the market. And we might have seen the beginnings of one this week. Uh, and with the correction in the market, it will pull down all stocks. and I will feel more comfortable. Taking higher risk at that point with this kind of stock. But please, 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 this is super risky. Super risky. You know, I would not recommend this for anybody. I would not. Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart, 888-992-4278. Okay, on Friday, I make a quick rundown of some of the economic numbers. Two-year treasury yield at 1.1%. Wait a minute. Uh, Two-year treasury yield is 0. .12, 11, well, I run it off to one2 percent .12%, which is about what it was last year. The 10-year treasury yield, 1.09. So that's a very good spread. And the 10-year went up again, a little bit. It was 1.8 last week. Now it's 1.9. Gold was priced at 1855 per ounce. Last week was 1854 I mean, 1857 today. Now, last week was 1854. Silver today was twenty-seven dollars and seven cents per ounce. I think silver will actually do better than gold in the short term. I I really do. I think silver is the uh, the much more underpriced precious metal. Oil is selling for fifty-two dollars and ninety-six cents a barrel, and everything that uh, uh, that's happening out of Washington will probably be very supportive of oil prices going higher, not lower. Last week it was 52.45, 52.96. It's been around that number for some time, and of course the national average for gasoline, two dollars and forty-two cents, except for you know, in California, three dollars and forty cents. So gasoline went up like three cents last last week on a nationwide basis. So, you know, those are some of the numbers uh, that we go over every month, every week. I think they're kind of important to keep an eye on. The thing to watch is inflation in some of these numbers. Okay? If you're listening to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant will never end. So naturally, you'll have to have financial and investment questions to go along with that vigilance that you have. So that's why I remind you you can call our 24 hour listen line and ask any questions. We're live right now. And I really appreciate if you would call. Now, our now your participation is always impactful. So, please, 888-99-CHART.
3: What is investing on margin? Or what's your question? Why not ask it now at 888-99-CHART on
0: Talk. Have you heard about Risk Alive? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
1: Sure, we're going to talk to L.A. from Atlanta. How are you doing, L.A.?
2: Hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, and thank you and Justin for everything that you uh, do for all of us callers. Uh, well, I wanted to talk that. to you, you about uh, UMC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company is United Microelectronics Corp. Okay. Um, I bought UMC you own it? Uh, not too long ago. Yeah, I, I own it. Um, I bought them not too long ago uh, based on their chart performance. Uh, low price, their sector, they're in the infotech sector, uh, specifically with uh, microelectronics and microchips, and uh, they actually pay a dividend as well. But uh, I just wanted to know if this is a good company to hold on to, or should I be looking to sell it in the future?
1: Okay, well, it's a $22 billion company, so it's pretty large. It's an ADR out of Taiwan. So it's a Taiwanese manufacturer of wafers for telecom, consumer electronics, PC, and memory markets earnings are pretty pretty strong right now 2020 they're 40 42 cents or 43 cents a share this year they're going to make 45 next year 57 cents a share it's a nine dollar stock so based on next year we're talking about oh what about a nine p.e. or so and that's at the very low of its range okay Uh, a p.e. range Return equity is a little, little, a little weak at 13%. It's not bad, but it's a little weak. Good cash flow, pays a 1.1% dividend. Um, two years ago, they were losing money quarter after quarter. But starting about five quarters ago, they started, they, the sales started to increase dramatically. And, uh, actually, they'd never lost in earnings per share. Uh, but their, their sales were shrinking sales were shrinking quarter after quarter for several quarters. And then uh, in the December 19th quarter, uh, they started to grow. And they've been growing since then, you know, about 20-plus percent per quarter in sales. And that's what kind of moved the stock up just, you know, that this whole year. And it was selling for $2.50 or so, you know, not that long ago. Um, and now here it is at nine dollars. My worry here, uh, LA, is that the run they've made in that short period of time it means tells me that they're due for a pullback. And I would wait for a decent pullback before you buy any more if you're going to buy it. If, if you're going to take profits, I take profits now. I would. But holding for the long term, I, 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 I don't know. Chip chip companies don't don't thrill me a lot because it's so. Volatile. My focus point today concerns a story about the market. We're talking about what market? The short selling market, the stock market, what's this? you know, one thing that people have to understand is shorts, selling shorts or being short is really, really high risk and should be left to the experts, not the average person. Selling short, what does that mean? It's as simple as this. Okay. A short seller is betting that the company's stock will go down, will go down, not up. You're betting it's going to go down because if it goes down and you're short the stock, your your profits go up. And what is really actually happening is the short seller borrows somebody else's stock from his brokerage firm. The brokerage firm has stock available to them for people to lend because they have com- they have clients or they have themselves oh they own the stock and the clients have uh, uh margins accounts which allows them to lend it to somebody okay so when i borrow the stock i sell it at today's price and it shows up as a negative number in my portfolio because remember now i'm short the stock i don't have it i'm short i don't have it now the the act to get out of the short is an act of buying the stock to give it back to our I borrowed it from. Now, when you borrow stock, it's not free. You gotta pay interest on that borrowed stock to the company that lent it. So you got a cost there that's ongoing as long as you own that stock. And what if the stock goes up? The value of portfolio goes down. How far can it go down? Well, how far can a stock go up in price? And this is what you saw happening this week. Okay, you saw um, GameStop stock go up hundreds of percents. And those people who were short, which was mostly institutional, which means mostly hedge funds, they were short the stock and they started losing gobs of money as people on, you know, people, uh, individual, regular people, like People that have Robinhood accounts started driving the stock price up. And what happens is huge losses were made in the uh, hedge fund. That's what happened. Very risky thing to do for you and me. Okay, uh, by the early 2020, before the pandemic, the strength of the United States economy had nurtured many opportunities for entrepreneurs. And the number of small businesses was extraordinarily high. There is no doubt now that the events of COVID-19 have severely damaged small business. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Using the latest available figures, how many small businesses were there in the U.S. by 2020? And what percentage of United States businesses are or were small businesses? After break, I will give you the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, 888-99-CHARGE.
4: At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where Hacker One comes in. Hacker One's AI red team
0: It's a new year, and building your financial future takes information and commitment. So you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, 888-99-CHART. I asked a trivia question before the break, okay? Um, and I think it's this. these are very, very important statistics for you to pay attention to. Okay, and it's about small business. Uh, What, you know, I said using the latest available figures, how many small businesses were there in the U.S. by 2020, 2020, and what percentage of the United States businesses are or were small businesses? Okay, so in 2020, the number of small businesses in the United States reached 31.7 million small businesses. And you think that's a lot? A percentage compared to large businesses that represents those 31.7 million represents 99% of all businesses 99.9 so most businesses are small businesses in the united states it also represents uh, uh the you know before before the pandemic the growth of these small businesses was 3.17% in the year before 2020, so 2019. And from 2017 to 2020, the growth of small business was 7%. Small enterprises play an extremely significant role in the U.S. economy. It's vital to our economic development, small businesses. Few more stats. Although the majority of small businesses hire more, fewer than 100 employees, they're responsible for millions of new jobs created over the past few years. In fact, in early, early 2020, before the pandemic, 60.6 million small business employees in the United States, which make an approximately 47% of the U.S. workforce. The rest would be like teachers and government government workers and large businesses. So the pandemic shut down many, many small businesses. I'll give you an example, 65% of all restaurants in Ventura, California, which is a big county in California, 65% of the restaurants are permanently shut down. They won't be reopening. California is or was the state with the most number of small businesses in the United States pre-pandemic california had 4.1 million small business employees so you know you cannot stress the importance of small businesses you know when when the government makes a decision that affects small businesses it's significant when they make a decision that affect big business it might be important to them but not for the overall economy it's not okay let's go to a live call it is Joe from Alameda a biotech sector question
2: Joe
1: how you doing, Steve? can you hear me good I'm good thank you
2: hi uh, thanks for taking thanks for taking my call I appreciate it I love your guys show I was thank just you. curious what you guys uh, you know what you guys thought about the biotech kind of genomics sector you know about <laughs> or space a uh, little over a year ago I remember reading about this and I thought it looked Pretty interesting, and I opened a position in Pacific Bioscience. Um, I think it was a couple dollars a share. Uh I opened up, uh, you know, a hundred dollars. I think I took a hundred shares or something. And this thing is really blown up. And I wanted to know it sounds, I think it's, you know, kind of trendy, but what do you think about this space about the genomics and sequencing and uh, going into the future? And I'm not sure if I should, you know, sell this or take profits or maybe add some more because it looks kind of interesting
1: well I think that whole field will be extremely important going forward and and it's going to be more and more more, more and more important because of you know things like COVID-19 you know, I, I can't see how that's not going to be important, but you got to be really careful of the sector because there's lots and lots of story stocks. That means stocks that have a good story, but have no sales or earnings and don't have any prospects of sales or earnings, but the story is good. The story meaning, Hey, we are doing this and we, if we can get this, it's going to cure all diseases forever. You know, a good story. And therefore the stock moves. And there's so many of those kinds of stories out there, you got to be really, really careful. Don't overload in that sector, and I, of course, I always say don't overload in any sector, but I like the sector personally. I do. Uh, and, you know, so I, I think that's a, a futuristic way to look at it, but, you know, if your company, uh, cause I didn't look it up, I don't know what it but if it doesn't make money and they have no prospects of making money in the next year or two, you generally take profits you don't keep adding to your position okay because that's you know because it's a story stock until it has actual sales and earnings do you know if it has sales and earnings if it that's what you're really looking for then you can evaluate the stock okay appreciate the call thank you um the KPP premium newsletter went out today goes out every Friday to subscribers and all the clients of course so, I mentioned it was a busy week for both the market and economic reporting. The market gyrated with the short sellers pushing some stocks, some very speculative stocks, around, both up and down. Millions and maybe billions of dollars were lost and earned, and the loss mostly by the large hedge funds, which doesn't hurt my feelings at all. The International Monetary Fund on Tuesday raised their forecast for the economic growth for the world in 2021 to 5.5% and then 2022 to 4.2%. So they're expecting a big rebound this year. Fourth quarter GDP for the United States came in at a modest 4% growth. Now, do you think that that makes the for the year up or down GDP-wise? Well, it's down. Okay, is down a couple percentage points. Despite, you know, thirty-three percent thirty-three point four percent growth in the third quarter. Remember you had that second quarter, which was down almost as much. Okay, with the gyrations of certain stocks due to short sellers, uh, stock market is you know definitely still overpriced and pushing up, I mean, especially game stock. I mean, have you looked at the fundamentals of GameStop? The reason why the short sellers were in GameStop is because it does not look healthy. And I've talked about GameStop some time ago. I said they don't they you know their their business model stinks at this point. Remember they were selling games. Well now people buy games online. Now they were probably going to make money. I think they're going to make money next year because the cycle for selling game consoles should boost their sales and they should make some money. But, so I'm, I would talk about that in the newsletter. Um uh, you know, that you, the, the earnings season is out. Numbers are looking very good. So you have the government spending tons of money. Earnings are going to be picking up. The IMF expects the world GD, uh, GDP to grow. And is that a recipe for the stock market to crash? No, it's not. So those are the kinds of things I talk about in the first section of the newsletter. And then I got four other sections there in the newsletter. Um, uh, Portfolio management section, I discuss uh, quarterly reports. Uh, Every quarter, publicly listed companies report, we're in the middle of that right now. And it's time for you to, it gives you a little insight of what's happening inside the company. So you have gotta be careful though, because there's different parts of the report that some are factual and some are not. Some are opinion. You got to separate that. So you got to learn how to read an earnings report, okay? Uh, and I ha- I talk about that and how important that is to you, the investor. Stock idea. I gave you uh, it's a couple of big companies, and both of them we owned in our managed accounts. One's a U.S. based uh, discount retail store. The company sources merchandise from traditional closed-out channels. Projected earnings for next year is pretty high. And if they just go back to pre-COVID days while their earnings are still growing, the stock is way underpriced based on that. So I like that particular stock a lot. We own that in several of our managed accounts. Uh, That was the stock ideas. Consumer Watch. Many times you see a list of the best places, or best lists, uh, a list of the best places to retire to. I thought it might be different if we have I listed some places that are worse to retire to. And frankly, <laughs> uh, uh, the Northeast is a place you do not want to retire to. Rhode Island, Maryland. Many of the North, Northeast countries are very, account, uh, states are very expensive to live in. Taxes are high. Plus, the weather's not very good. It gets really cold in winter. When you're retired, you don't really want the cold weather. I also said, California's not very good. <laughs> great weather. Great weather here. I will give you that. But it's expensive. You ever look at housing prices here in, uh, in California? Yeah. Crazy high. Crazy high. So that was a newsletter, KPP, you know, premium newsletter. You can get it at investtalk.com. Let's go to Emilio's in San Francisco. How are you doing, Emilio's? Uh, How is your eye, sir? I hope you're okay. Yeah, well, I had surgery on both of them. Um, All they were, Uh, it was just, you know, to make my, get rid of my glasses, basically. So it was voluntary eye (laughs) surgery. But I couldn't see. I couldn't see very well, do the show or read. I mean, it was just difficult. Couldn't do it.
2: Sure, sure. Um, I was interested in uh, BEP for the long term. It's uh, Bob Edward
1: Paul. Okay, Brookfield uh, Partners? Yes. Okay, that's a limited partnership, you know. Uh Uh-huh. It generates electricity in the United States, Europe, through the U.S., through the use of renewable resources so it's great that it's a you know the renewable stuff you know that's the future right we all know that all the governments are pushing it around the world they're gonna make 16 cents next year but it's a 45 dollar stock but it's a limited partner you know what that means (laughs) you're gonna get a k1
2: no that's okay
1: yeah i don't think you want that yeah so uh, general limited partners everybody uh Uh, and I've, you know, I've talked to, uh, Emilios often about this. We don't like them because you get a K1 at the end of the year. Even if you put it in your IRA account, retirement account, you still get a K1. What's a K1? That's a partnership return. That means you have to pay taxes on your, the partnership you own a piece of. It's not like a stock, a general stock. So he's looking at it because it has a pretty nice dividend, two point six percent, and it's in the clean energy and it's growing solidly. Growing sales solidly. So you can see why he's interested in it. But it has made a huge move and it's way overpriced at this point. I wouldn't chase it at that. Eight eighty eight ninety nine chart, eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. So we know electric vehicles are coming of age, and they're gonna be replacing many of the internal combustion engines. And it's all about clean air. We all want clean air. I can't. I don't. I've never talked to anybody who didn't want clean air. But I would like to put it in perspective. How dirty? How bad are the inter- is the internal engine? How bad? How much is it dirtying the United States air? How much carbon CO2 emissions are they actually putting out? Well, in 1975, cars put out. 6.5 million tons of CO2. Okay. How much do you think they put out now? Today. 2000, well, I had a 2019 numbers. 1.1. Think about that. They went from 6.4 down to 1.1. And we have twice as many cars from 1975 to now. So don't think the they have been working on this diligently to clean the air, and it has been working con- consistently over all these years. Now, if you look at vans, they have also reduced about half. If you look at uh, trucks, trucks reduced about, mm, about 30%. But if you look at SUVs, they've increased from point two to 2.1 so I'm just pointing out that the direction has been going in the right direction for years and years and, years. and it'll probably keep going that way and especially with the advent of electric vehicle it'll be even cleaner okay so I just want to make sure we have a perspective you know the polluters of this world really is China and India You know, they're the ones that are really putting out dirty, dirty air these days. And they're the ones we need to work on, get them on board. And, you know, they're both considered emerging markets. I'm not sure why China would be considered an emerging, personally. And therefore, they have different standards on them. So, you know, I think that needs to be addressed. But I just wanted to point out, the internal combustion engine, even though it does put out carbon carbon. You know, CO two emissions. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that we have come a long way in reducing that, and I think we should pat ourselves on the back for that. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to distort the facts. I want to try to get the facts out there. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Love to talk to you. I got a couple other. I want to talk about some of the economic statistics. We have a lot of a lot of statistics out this week, so I want to talk about a few of those ones I think are pretty interesting. And hopefully, we'll get through that before the end of the break. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have that one goal always in mind, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. And that means you can choose to work or not work. You you don't have to worry about money. That's what the goal is. So, hopefully, we can help you with that. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART.
3: Good advice. Spread your money around. Stick to a well-thought-out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now.
0: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99
1: chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Vincent who lives in Ohio. Vincent. Hey Steve, thanks
0: for taking my call. I've like uh, got a couple questions for you. Uh, I've got I've been following a stock called Crown Castle. Uh, stock ticker symbol CCI and American Tower, symbol A-M-T. Been following me for quite a while now, and I see that uh, they've started to slowly have a decline since July. Uh, didn't know if this would be a good buy point for either one of those, and if so, what your buy point would be.
1: So these are the towers, the cell tower makers, Crown Castle CCI. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that owns wireless towers in the U.S., Australia, Puerto Rico, uh, for wireless service providers, so they own the towers and they lease them to the various, you know, space on them to the various telephone companies or data companies. And they generally, you know, now that all their growth has been already, it's kind of built in, okay? we They've grown for years and years and years. Over the last year or so, they're, they don't have sales growth much. It's still eking up, but not when they were building the towers, you know, and then leasing them. So that era is kind of over. So you look at these stocks, and this stock is a $68 billion stock. It's huge. You look at these kinds of stocks now, and you just named the two biggest ones, Crown Castle and American Tower. Is that the other one? Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Those two are now big blue chip stocks. So now you look at the earnings and you look at the dividend yield. This one pays 3.3%. And you're going to have to live on very slow growth. And the dividend yield. Don't think about high growth anymore. So the stock is, has been trading sideways for what since the middle of last year, and chances are good that you're going to have a gyration between a range. And you know, I, and I think that you've seen the heyday of these guys. It's a hundred fifty nine dollar stock. I can't see it going higher than you know dollars That's its high that made one hundred eighty last year. That's its high it's ever made. So uh, don't don't buy them for that reason. Uh, are they a good buy at this point? No, I think they can get cheaper. As blue chip stocks, I, I think you're going to see them settle down. They're going to make six dollars and ninety eight cents, almost seven dollars a share. So you know the stock is probably worth you know one hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty dollars a share on average. Uh, and so it's a little expensive at this point. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Vincent. Thank you. CCI is the name, Crown Castle Internet. Okay, now, um some of the economic numbers out. Income for December was up six-tenths of percent. Remember, the month before, it shrank 1.3%. So that was good. That was much better than expected. Spending for December was down two-tenths of percent. So that means savings rate went up. Income was up. Spending was down. Now, the month before, spending was down seven-tenths of percent. So spending was down again, but less so. So those actually are pretty good numbers. Core inflation for December came in at up three-tenths of 1%, which is not a tremendous amount. You know, multiply that times 12, and what do you get? You know, you get 3.6% inflation rate so per year. So, you know, that's not, of course, that was core inflation. The month before, it was zero Okay, so the month before you multiply that by twelve, and you have no inflation, right? So you got to think inflation is, you know, less than two percent probably. But what I want to point out is that it's increasing, and we've been—I've been looking at these numbers now for some. You know, I always look at them, and I've been keeping a really sharp eye and for any hints of inflation, and you're starting to see some inflation creep into the system. Remember, not a lot, just trickling in, just a little bit. But think about that. Why would it be any at all? Remember, we're, you know, the world economy hasn't picked up yet. It really hasn't. So how can we have some inflation? Why is there inflation in these numbers? Just think of the economy, think of it this way. When the economy grows, as the IMF says, is it gonna grow 5% next year? The world economy? you think there's gonna be much inflation? I think And remember how much printing money everywhere, United States of America. Oh, yeah. Time to close up, everybody. I'm CPZ Peasy, and this course completes another program of a Vest program. And I appreciate you being with me, Justin Klein. I thank you very much. We post a new this new program each weekday, every program that we do four to five Monday through Friday, live uh, immediately after the show. So you can podcast it, download it then. Download it for the podcast then. So you get download free anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. And I would appreciate if you review us, review our podcast, and then rate the podcast. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk. Have a great night, everybody.
3: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein-Pablis Peasley Financial.